I'm your host, Patty Stulen, and I am the Chief Pathfinder of Pathways with Patty. And I want to wish every single one of you out there in the United States an early Happy Thanksgiving, which will be tomorrow. I cannot believe that we're really into the holiday season with the kickoff of, uh, of, of Thanksgiving here already for us here in the United States. So an early Happy Thanksgiving to every one of you. And I just want to ask all of you, Think about those things, those places, those people that you are thankful and grateful for this year. And even better, how about even if you can't be with those loved ones during this holiday season, reach out with a text, a phone call, uh, just anything, and just remind them or let them know how much you appreciate them, how thankful you are for them, and how grateful that you are. I don't think that we spend enough time uh, letting those people, we just assume, and we know what happens when we assume, and let's not do that anymore. Let's take this time once again to go out there and reach out to our loved ones and let them know how thankful and grateful we are to them, because I know I am so grateful to all of the incredible things that God brings to me in my life each and every day. And our guest today on the podcast is no exception to that rule. Uh, I believe that uh, this path that God has put me on uh, has been on purpose so that I can meet and cross paths with some incredible individuals who have not overcome such uh, such challenges and obstacles that I never would have imagined. But more importantly, they have made it through and they are making the most of their dash. And on top of that, they are helping other people to create a life that they can love and know that they are, that their life matters. So let's get right into uh, meeting today's guest. My guest today is Rosamir Corny. She goes by Rosie Resilient. Uh, the life storm led her onto a road to resilience. As an author and mindset coach, her life mission is to heal, encourage, and educate others that life, life happens for us, not to us. And there is empowerment in the storms. Rosie, I am so looking forward to being with you and and, and uh, absorbing more of your resilience. Thank you so much for being my guest yeah. here today. Thank you, Patty. I'm glad to have have me here. Well, you know, just from our our short meeting that that we had together prior to this, uh, I could feel and see uh, your resilience, and it is such a good Thank name you. that you have come come with for Rosie Resilient. It's something that I will never forget. And I know after our audience hears you and your story today, they're never going to forget about Rosie Resilient either. Yeah. So with that, uh, could you please start off and tell tell our audience a little bit about yourself and, and, and about your story? Hello, everyone. I am Rosirma Cornet, and I became Rosie Resilient because of a life storm. Rosirma Cornet is born in Brooklyn. I now live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I became a physician associate and everything was rocking really well. I was living life. I was traveling, love to travel, love reading books, spending time with my family. 
And then October 2019 happened. Mm -hmm. And I went to work like any other day. And for lunchtime, because I was expecting an annual review. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll go to the office. And then the person started due to budget cuts, one of 40 people and one of the people is you. And I didn't hear anything else. Like I've no. looked through my journal to see, did I say anything else? I don't remember. <laughs> R was blah, 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 blah. Time kind of stopped for you right there, didn't it? Yes. And then I heard, we need your ID and you need to leave now. So for me, I was like, okay. It's lunchtime. I still have half a day of patience. I didn't even finish my morning load. And I had to just, I literally felt like I was a zombie. I was like, okay, let me finish my notes. Let me get my uneaten lunch bag from the fridge. Let me get my stuff out, put it in the car, give my ID and key. So there was so so real quick, Rosie. So there was there was no indication, no early no. clues, no. nothing. I mean, no. it it came down that fast. It's not like you had yes. heard rumors or anything. No. This is like no rumors. Boom, the day before, because like literally vividly, like I still remember the day before, which was a Tuesday. Spoke to the manager. She's like, "Okay, I'll see you tomorrow." And she was aware of it Tuesday, but we spoke and I found out everything. Um, then that morning, let's say 15 minutes before the meeting, she was asking, hey, anybody's going to be available for Halloween, which was that Friday. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. So I'll work for you guys. Like it was a conversation as if I'm, I'm going to be at work on Friday. Right, right. So 15 minutes later, I found out, no, you're not going to be here. <laughs> I, first of all, as a manager, I mean, unless she was told by higher ups that she had yeah, to act like everything. Yeah, uh, she was. How horrible for her also then in this right. situation, because she right. knew she was lying to people. Right. Um, because at the time I said some words to her that I wrote in my book, um, that after I healed, I regretted because I told her like, you're going to regret this. Mm -hmm. And I just walked out. And of course, once I got healed and went back, I was like, okay, I need to like figure out how to contact her. And then I found out from some people, cause I was still friends with some people that worked there of how she was threatened not to oh, tell Rosie. No. So I was like, okay. After I healed, I understood. And then I said, okay, I forgive you. Um, but at the time I was so mad at her because I mean, she looked me in my face and, you know, made it as if I, I was going to be here Friday. <laughs> and, and you probably had a relationship with her that you, you trusted her up to that point. There yeah. was no reason to doubt her, right? No, not at all. Like she's very nice person um relatable so it, i was shocked yeah go go ahead so so you're you you are in a state of numbness yes, yes. so no, nothing's making sense 
nothing makes sense. And the craziest part is, let's say a month prior, I was like looking for another job and found a job, but it was like maybe an hour plus from where I live. And I was like, oh man, like that's too far. I'm already traveling an hour to work. And nothing in me said anything because God has spoken to me before, mm-hmm. but he did mm-hmm. not say a word. <laughs> no warning in hindsight, <laughs> Yeah, in hindsight, I'm grateful that he did it because he knows me so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe I needed it. I mm-hmm. really needed this to happen to me. Um, so then got in my car, bust out crying because I was like, what? am I going to do? Like, I've never been laid off before. I'm a physician associate. So to me, who lays off a physician associate? Like, come on. Yes. Yes. Um. So it was, I was mind bottled. I was just like, there's no way I am not needed. This is impossible. So called three people. And one was my aunt, who I love to death. And she knows me so well. So she said, Rosirma, do not look for another job. Just go home, relax, take it in, take a bath. I was like, okay. Because I was going to go straight home and look for another job. But she said, no, just take this day and relax. So I said, okay. And then the second person I called was a friend of mine. And he said, okay, I'm going to take you out tomorrow. We gonna, You're going to be okay. I was like, okay. And then the third person I called was a friend of mine who we were up and down in our friendship, um, but she owns a nonprofit clinic. And I was like, hey, I'm not working anymore. I got laid off. She's like, okay, no worries. I'm going to put you in the clinic and I'm going to put you to work. It's like, cool. Bye. Can I insert right here right now too? Just by you telling us that that you took the initiative already to reach out and connect with some people, that is something that a lot of us would not have done in that situation. For many of us, we would have started the pity party and we would have been full blown into it, not even thinking of talking to anybody else or letting anybody see us or hear us or anything else. So right there, your resilience is coming through because you are reaching out already to others. So I commend you on that. Thank you. I didn't think of it that way at the time. <laughs> um, so at the time, it was meaning like, I need someone to talk to. I can't believe this is happening. I don't know what, what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, the pity party did show up. Um, so, so that's October, November, December. So November and December, hello, it's the holidays. Mm-hmm. So... Had the holidays. I had a girls' trip already planned for December. My birthday's in December. My car tags are due in December. My oh HMA is due in December. <laughs> so it was a lot of money expected mm-hmm. to come out of me. And the unemployment checks, I believe, started that January. I don't remember the timeline anymore. But it wasn't really. Much There's no thing. money coming in at all. Right, right. And then when the dopamine effect of traveling and going home and celebrating my birthday, all of that left. 
And then I was like, God, what is this? This you is crashed and burned. Yes. I just went into pity party mode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not fair. How could you do this to me? Why me? Why me? Why me? What sins do I need to confess? Like I just I just went <laughs> in. I was just like, this is not how I wanted. I was like, okay, 2020, new decade, new year. I was like, this is not how I went to enter 2020. Mm-hmm. I was mad. I went yes. from pity party to I am mad at God because mm-hmm. he allowed this in my life and I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And You're then, being, you felt like you were being punished. Yes. I felt I was being punked and punished. <laughs> <laughs> punked and punished. Uh-oh. The double whammy. <laughs> yes. So then that's January. February. I had a few interviews, but nothing. It was more of me like forcing myself to work mm-hmm. versus finding a job where I could have meaning again. Mm-hmm. And then in March, it, it like God just went bing. I had like two interviews back to back. And then the second one. I got to my car and they called me and said, when can you start? I was like, Monday. And <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> right, yesterday, you know? <laughs> so if you guys do not recall, March 2020 is the beginning of COVID. Yes. Oh, so I was at the time, because by then, February, I was like volunteering and we saw our different you know, slowing down of patients and this and this, but I was like, ah, COVID's not gonna touch this. Like, like, come on. And then 11 days of working, I get told, hey, Rosiema, we're going to telemedicine. Never heard of that. And you're about to be furloughed. Never heard of that. I was like, okay, lay off, I know. What is furlough? So I Google that. And I realized because I worked for only 11 days, I don't get a furlough check. So I I am back to unemployed. And by then the unemployment checks from the first job stopped. And all I had is 11 days worth of pay. Mm. So I'm back to my little cocoon. Um, and then by then the volunteer clinic had to shut its doors down because it was like, okay, we don't know what's going on. We have to shut it down. So now I'm stuck at home in my thoughts and I'm just like hating the world. I'm like this world sucks. This world sucks. And it seems uh, like the world was falling apart too at the same time because right. of COVID. Right. And then, so I was like, okay, what can I do? But I'm a physician associate in specialties. So at the time I had experience in gastro, which is from the mouth to the butt, as I tell people. And the job that laid me off was breast health. So I dealt with uh, women with breast cancer or breast pain or any breast disease. Mm. And FYI, October, mammogram, ladies and men. Okay, just had to put that out there. Amen. So then I was like, okay, I have... What they needed at the time was acute care, anyone deal with the lungs because COVID many deal with the lungs. I had no training in that. So I was like, shucks, I can't even be of use. Okay. 
Then Google, Google, Googled, found this interesting job. I had to go five hours to South Carolina to check the temperature of people for a meat. I think it was a meat packing, packing place, I think. Oh. So I did that. I was like, I need the money. I will travel five hours for this job. So did that for two weeks and then that contract ended and then back to the drawing board. So that is now May. So June, nothing. July, nothing. Then August. It's going to end in a couple of weeks and it's not. It's continuing on, which is not helping during this situation, is it? Right. So then I'm looking, looking, looking. Then I find a place that's, um, by then it's like all these COVID tents and all they want is like nurses and administrative assistants to work the COVID tents. Fine. I'm like, hey, I'll apply for administrative assistant. Applied for that. And the lady was aware that I was a physician associate. So she's told me I cannot do any physician associate activities. I was so hurt to the core. But I was like, okay, Zima, we need this job. Now, now, real quick, why why was why was that? What was the reasoning behind that? So because as an administrative assistant, all I do is like the paperwork of just giving the people their um, information, giving them the swabs, giving them everything like that. So since I wasn't hired on as a physician associate, if any emergencies happened for their liability, I cannot do any PA. Gotcha. Anything. Okay. Um, so I had to just do my role as an administrative assistant. And if any drama happened, that was for the nurses and anyone else. Mm -hmm. So that was humbling. Because at the time I, I was in my why me, why me, why me? <laughs> and God let me know, you have tried. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I realized this, yeah, you, you have yeah, tried. So this humbled me to be like, okay, as long as I'm doing what I love to do, which is to encourage people, heal them, and educate, I'm doing my mission. Doesn't matter the, the title. And once I got to that point, God graduated me. And then that contract ended in October, then found another contract and they wanted a physician associate. So I said, here I am. Mm -hmm. And then I was very humbled, very thankful I was a lot better place. Mm -hmm. Then, so that's October, right? Yes. Then that contract. So, so this is almost a whole year later after the initial right. you losing your job. Yes. Oh. Right. Then this is October, 2020. And I'm writing everything that I'm going through, all my emotions. I shared it with the lady who owns the clinic. And she spoke to this lady who's an author and told her, oh, Rosemma's like writing in her journal about her feelings. And the author said, won't you write a book? I was like, no one cares what I'm going through. I'm just journaling my emotions. 
And she's like, well, I want a book cover by October. No, November, I think she said. So I said, fine. <laughs> I'll show you, right? Right, you know, like, I just felt like she was, like, battling me. Mm -hmm. so I was like, you picked the wrong lady. I, mm -hmm. I will give you a book cover. Mm -hmm. So gave her a book cover, but that, that's all I did. I was like, this is staying in my journal. Like, that's it. And then a month later, God said, write the book. And, uh, wow. like, mm, no, I'm not, I'm not writing a book. So that's <laughs> October 2020. And then stayed on that contract till January 21. January 21, then that contract ended. And because COVID numbers were going down. So I was like, fine. Okay, cool. Then found a job in corrections. I never thought I'll be working in corrections, but praise the Lord, um, because I always looked at corrections, which is the jail and the prisons, that they only needed people for mental health. Like I didn't even think, oh, there's people with diabetes in there. Mm -hmm. Who do you think that? <laughs> so I was like, sure. And that started with me realizing how much of value that I could be placed in people who literally feel they should not be in here, like the whole why me. Mm -hmm. And I was able to relate to them like, okay, hey, did you lose your cool? He's like, yeah, I lost my cool. I was like, okay, so next time, yeah, I, I, I learned my lesson. I'm good. And I was like, okay. And I felt like, okay, I'm able to tell them, like, you can control how you deal with the circumstance. You don't have to react to it the way you react to it. Mm -hmm. And it helped me to realize I reacted to the layoff the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And it was a healthier way for me to react versus the pity party and then get depressed and then have suicidal thoughts because I just felt like, okay, if I'm not a PA, there's no reason for me to be here in this world. Like mm -hmm. it's PA or nothing. Um, so that helped me to give back to people who got themselves in a circumstance to react the way they did. Um, and not all, everyone in jail is a murderer. Like these were people who, you know, got into an argument and then they did something bad or they took too many drinks. And mm -hmm. so it was those type of people I was mainly interacting with. Um, well, or, it also yeah. sounds like these individuals, when they're sharing their story, it's also forcing you to look into a mirror as to the journey you've just been on and how you were having your pity party and you right. were mad at the world. So you right. were listening to them, but you're, you're also seeing yourself in their story. Right. So I was able to encourage them and help them and tell them, so I, I will not see you again, right? Like, yes, ma'am. Nope, you're not seeing me again. So we have that little laugh after I encourage them. And that helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, so are you still doing that same position or, or have you moved on to other things now? I'm now into coaching because with everything I've learned and the books I've read, I realized 
all that dealt with the mindset. Mm. And once I read all those books, I was like, okay, I need to help other people to get their mind right. Because whatever you set your mind on is how you're going to respond. Mm-hmm. And I set my, my mind on the fact that I was laid off. How could they do that? Like, da, da, da. like I set my mind on that and my whole body, my whole being rode on that. Like, yeah, they're not supposed to do that to you. And that was wrong versus, okay, I got laid off. Let's process this, feel the emotions of hurt, disappointment, all the legit emotions to have. Mm-hmm. And be like, okay, what are we going to do now? And then go that way. Um, so I've learned all that to now help other people to say, okay, there's a right way and a healthy way to deal with circumstances. Mm-hmm. So you you said you mentioned that you have the book uh, cover. Did you yeah. write the book, or are you writing the book? <gasps> Look at that! For those of you that are listening right now, she is holding up the book, and it says "Disempower." the disappointment yes you wrote the book how awesome I wrote and published it because i've heard a lot of people write books but don't publish them mm-hmm. so i wrote the book and published it which Good i am you. yes very proud of myself because i honestly i wrote the book and it was like maybe like 30 pages i was like oh just this is gonna be a, a short book book that's all they need mm-hmm. and sent it to an author and he said I don't like it oh I was like oh I was like any feedback like what what to impress like what to critique I just don't like it oh. so me not an author hearing this from an author I said fine to myself I'm not writing this like whatever and then the holy spirit say to me finish the book oh. and i'm like ah shoot this is- <laughs> you're not getting out of this <laughs> yeah this is not good so i looked on meetup and found a group of people who are writing books so i said let me join a group of people who are writing books so then i could be helped on how to do this and this group of people were amazing people on their second book and writing all these different genres of books and I shared with them my dilemma and they gave me ideas. And then 20 pages went to 110 pages. Oh my God. And oh my gosh. I realized I wasn't being vulnerable. I was mainly just keeping it surface, like got laid off. I had this, had that the end. Mm-hmm. Versus, okay, I got depressed and this is what the depression looked like. I got into despair and this is what the despair looked like. I had suicidal thoughts and this is what it looked like. You were being honest with you and being honest with your future readers. Right. And I showed the process of what led to it and how I got in it and how I got myself out and how I became, how I found my why to get me out of the darkness and how I became thankful again and happy again and, you know, trusting God again. So Mm -hmm. I shared that whole journey of going there and then coming back out. So, yeah. So would you say that during that time, that's when you, as we had uh, mentioned in your intro, that life happens for us, not to us? Right. Is that is that during that time when you discovered that mantra, so to speak? Right, 
Right. Because I, that's why I titled the book, Disempowered the Disappointment, because I gave so much power to the disappointment. And mm. my journey was that I finally empowered myself by the appointment and, and took my power back. And that's Ooh, how wow. I labeled it, disempower disappointment. Um, because most of us, you know, we, some of us handle it, you know, good ways. Um, like perfect example, Robin Williams, like we all see him as this comedian. And, mm -hmm. and when I heard he committed suicide, I was like, no, 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 no. And recently found out why, because I just thought, you know, maybe he was depressed, but to find out he was diagnosed with dementia and, yes. you know, yes. that hit him so hard because it's like his essence, like me, yes. like yes. my essence was to me being a PA. And it's like, if I wasn't a PA, then I should not be here. Right. And right. it's like, you know, his right mind of doing comedy, like he put that as his essence um, and unfortunately, some of us don't have, you know, an outlet or even want to call out Right. So I thank God that when I had the suicidal thought, I called a friend and I was like, I'm in a dark place. Like, I you, you got to come over. And she's like, I'm coming. And she came over and I was so happy because you know, sometimes you have friends, they come and they just talk. And it's like, I don't need to talk. I don't need any pleasantries. I, I just need to talk. Mm -hmm. And she did that for me. And I was like, thank you. Because she usually is the talker. Um, so she but, became the listener that you needed. Yes. And for anyone who goes through depression, you understand when you just, you're tired of people just talking to you and you just want to be heard. Because after you hear yourself, you process everything. Because mm -hmm. um, when you hear other people talking, it's like, those are not, not my emotions. Mm -hmm. Those are yours. Right. So let me process mine. And once I processed it, it helped me to be like, okay. As I said, I love reading books. So then found the book and it was called Choose Happiness. And I was like, oh. okay, let me read this book. Find my happiness again. Um, so that just started back to get myself out of the hole that I put myself in. Wow. So, uh, first of all, the title, now that you have explained it, it, it it's very, very powerful and, and very profound also, uh, because there is power in that title. Uh, and you're reclaiming your power once again. You're taking that power back instead of giving it to all the negative in the world. And right. you're 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 turning it around on itself. So right. I mean, that's that's absolutely incredible. Um, so so where through all this journey did you find that? Because in essence, too, what you're doing now is you're wanting to help other people. And I think that by you working in the corrections area really brought that to light. But before that, did you always realize that you had a passion for helping others? Or was that something that was kind of born out of this whole time of, of trying to find a job? 
the thing I realized was I've always wanted to help people since I was six. Like I went to my mom age six saying, I want to be a doctor. Oh. And my whole mission in life was always helping people. Like I've been volunteering my whole life. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, that was my gift. But the role that I placed my gifts in, which was PA, took over. And I forgot that my main gifts were still active. And that was helping people, encouraging people, and educating. And I'm able to do that no matter the title. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, it was like, okay, I'm still able to my gift it's so, that was just so, so with your with your book have you had readers reach out to you and and yes. comment and, and what what are the comments that you're getting from it oh my gosh I had a young man text me and say wow your story was so relatable I give you props just putting it out there because that is something tough to go through and to be so vulnerable with that. Mm -hmm. That was amazing to hear that from a young man. Mm -hmm. um, I've had other readers say, oh, wow, that's my story. And I was like, oh, my God, really? So that touched on I lot. wasn't the only one. <laughs> right. And, um, and I've had people say it encouraged them um, and it made them think about their own lives. I've had so many different responses that I never thought I will have. Um, so that meant a lot that, you know, other people realize like, it was you don't need validation. a layoff, right? Like you don't need a layoff. It's just any storm and how you process it. Mm -hmm. And they saw the storm and saw how they processed it. Um, so it was, it, it was helpful. Very, yeah. very Wow. I, I mean, and, and it sounds like also through this that you're you're able to help people not only with your book, but what you're doing uh, deal with with mental health, whether it's depression or negative thinking, doubt, suicidal thoughts, all of those together, uh, you become sort of a, a an ambassador for that yes. for mental health. Correct. Yes. I my main mission is to make people realize mental health is not about just depression and anxiety. Mental health is about negative thoughts. It's those thoughts that you keep thinking of that are leading you to different habits that don't serve you. It's, it's so much deeper mm -hmm. than the things that are put on TV or, you know, what a psychiatrist or psychologist tells you. Um, it's very important that we watch our thoughts and watch the words that we say about ourselves because that's the beginning part mm -hmm. of the depression, mm -hmm. of the despair, of the suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the beginning of the negative thoughts. Well, and I know that uh, I have mentioned uh, this before. Uh, I know for myself, when we were coming out of COVID, which was a very difficult time for everybody, no matter where you were at, and, and, and I learned from one of my other guests, in some parts of the world, it was even worse than what we could even imagine. But um, the thing is, I think people really found, uh, if, 
they either found re, rediscovered their passion and purpose or what they thought was their passion was no longer a passion. But right. I do think that a lot of people that they got isolated, just like you have shared and people that did not believe that they had a mental illness of depression or suicidal thoughts, COVID was really bringing a lot of that out. Right. And I know for myself, uh, just the isolation, because I am a people person right. that the, I, you know, even though I could zoom with people, it wasn't the same as being in the right. room with another human being. And that right. in itself started creating those negative thoughts and coming out of that. I also started learning that by as much TV as I was beginning to watch news or news related shows, all that kept doing was adding to the negative thoughts that I right. was having. And so I had made a conscious decision in January of 2021 when I was starting that year, I wasn't going to watch any more news because right. I couldn't fix the world, but right. I could fix my part of the world. And, and that's what I've been working on over the last two years. So right. when you're talking about becoming aware of your surroundings, what you read, what you listen to, who you talk right. to, how you self-talk. Right. Those are all valuable things to know right. to, if you're finding out it's not very nice, you need to start making some changes and reach out to somebody like you that can help you figure out a way to stop the negativity. Correct. So, so for, so for our audience, can you either give us some words of advice or a, 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 an exercise that you would give to people about beginning to learn to cut out or reduce the negative thinking? Yes, definitely. Number one, be aware of it. Um, anything in life, you have to be aware of it. So then you could change it. Mm -hmm. So first be aware Two, get a journal. You can always go on road to resilient.com. I have lots of journals Excellent. Excellent. and there are also some guided prompts. So then you could have a question and then it'll lead for you to like ask yourself that question um therapy very important to have therapy to speak to somebody because sometimes yes you can have a friend to speak to but as i said sometimes they're just going to talk to you they're not going to hear you and you want someone trained to understand the things you're saying and not saying mm -hmm. so then mm -hmm. they could help you process your thoughts and then get healing. Mm -hmm. But it's like you said, we have to be honest with ourselves to, to, to admit to ourselves, you need help. Right. Because until you've reached that point, you can search for it, but if you're not willing to be open to the, to the help, nothing is going to help you. Correct. So realizing it and reaching out a definite first step. Right. Uh, Great, great thoughts on that. Now, now I also want to to get into one of the things that I know that when we talked before, you happened to mention about your singleness and yes. your relationship with self and friends and Jesus. Could you tell us uh, uh, about that? Definitely. With singleness, it was very hard because during a storm, because you are relying on yourself for finances for what to do for yourself. And that's why, as I said, it's very important to have supportive friends that know what's going on and they let you know, like, hey, I got you. If you need anything, just call me. 
And I had to get back into my relationship with Jesus because first I was like, okay, Jesus, we're good. I know you got me. Then it was like, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you don't got me. <laughs> this is not it. This is not it. And it made me realize that I put Jesus in this box of what I wanted him to perform for me versus trusting for who he is. Mm -hmm. And once I looked back, I saw he was there the whole time. Mm -hmm. It was just me that drifted away because I didn't like what I saw. And my fact, I needed it. Like I needed to get laid off in order for me to deal with pride and everything that was keeping me in this box. Because once I dealt with pride, God elevated me to this whole new world mm -hmm. that I'm able to help people in a different way and relate to them. Because I don't know if I didn't get lit off would I look at a person in jail and be like, well, you did that to yourself, like, whatever, versus <laughs> like, hey, what happened? Okay, so did you learn from this? Okay, so I'm not going to see you back here, right? Mm -hmm. So it helped me to be more compassionate and understanding with all people. And Jesus helped me so much with that. And well, to well God, God also was putting you through the storm. And experiencing yes. the storm. Yes. And it was a rough storm. <laughs> but it allowed me to shed a lot of things that I carried that was not serving me anymore. Mm -hmm. And the singleness also helped a lot because it made me realize, one, to don't isolate myself. Because sometimes I was like, you know what? I don't need anybody. And I don't need you either, Jesus. <laughs> But then it was like, no, I do need somebody because in the end of the day, God created all of us to have community. Like that's mm -hmm. what this whole world is about is community. Mm -hmm. And now that I've gotten better and have a healthy mindset of singleness and realizing, you know, being single is not that bad after all, I created a course about singles for them to thrive versus mm -hmm. be tired and be like why me and to communicate better to listen better to be a better friend to be a better servant I'm able to help my dad a lot um and serve others because I'm using the singleness time wisely versus mm -hmm. isolating myself and doing unproductive things during my singleness mm -hmm. wow so so what would you say is the best piece of advice that you have ever received from anyone? Oh, wow. I would say, hmm, best advice. That's a good question. <laughs> you got me tongue-tied. Oh. I would say to know yourself. Mm. To know yourself. Mm -hmm. um, everybody wants to be everyone else but themselves. Mm. And once you get to know yourself, you start to love yourself and appreciate yourself. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of things of myself that I did not know until this happened. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize, oh, Luzerva, you are a helper. You are an encourager. You know, there's other ways to do it. It's not just 
only under PA. Like you could do it with- You are resilient. Right. They didn't know that either. Um, <laughs> it was all this stuff that you have to realize every circumstance is just showing you something about yourself that you did not know. That mm -hmm. it had to be revealed once the covering came off. Mm -hmm. So I say, know yourself. Excellent. Um, so, so through your your journey, especially that that year long journey that you were going through, did you have anybody that was yucking your wow when you would say, "Oh, well, I'm going to apply for this, or I want to go for that," or or did you have those people that were yucking your wow? And if so, how are you responding to them? It's funny you say that. Once the book was published, I had, oh, congratulations. Then I had, why you didn't tell me this happened to you? And I said, have you met you? And the one person I told that to, I said, hey, if I came to you and told you I got laid off, what would be the first words out of your mouth? And she said, I would say, God will make it all better. And I said, that's not what I want to hear. Mm -hmm. And when I said that, she was like, you know what? You're right. I apologize. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Jesus, she heard me. <laughs> she loved Because so, <laughs> many people don't like to be heard about themselves. So right. it made me realize that certain people, they take it personal about mm -hmm. your experience yes. versus yes. look at you as a person and be understanding. Mm -hmm. So now that you've come through, through this, come through the fire, so to speak, and you're on the other okay. side of it, do you yeah. find people still want to yuck your wow? Or for the most part, people are pretty supportive. I would say there will always be people that will yuck your wow. Yes. And, and how do you respond to them? It's all by grace. Mm -hmm. It's all by knowing yourself, realizing they are them, and you are you, and respond with grace. Because they're not there yet. Like, right. they're in their right. own little hole, and you wish them well, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you know you have a mission, you have a purpose, you're still alive and well, mm -hmm. moving that. Yeah. Powerful. Excellent. So um, what would you say that right now in your life where you're at, what are you passionate about personally and professionally? Uh, personally, I am passionate about educating people. Like mm -hmm. I read so many books and I'm just like, oh my God, let me just share this with you. Like I just love sharing information I learn. Mm -hmm. And professionally, it's about serving others. I love serving others, and that's what I'm passionate about professionally. Wonderful. And what do you find right now at this point in your life that you find your purpose to be personally and professionally? To keep on pushing, mm -hmm. because I'm building right now, and I know here will come, but right now I'm over here. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, keep pushing, keep pushing. You got this. And as long as I keep the tenacity of it, 
that helps me to know I will get to the people to help. I will get to the people to encourage. This is my life mission and they are waiting for me to arrive and I'm coming. So as long as I keep the positive talk to myself and I have a lot of people on my wall to just encourage myself, that helps a lot. That's beautiful. I love that. That's excellent. Um, what do you believe, Rosie, is your superpower? That's a good question. I don't know what's my superpower. I would say it's a hidden superpower, making people laugh. Oh. Yes. Well, definitely being resilient is a superpower as well. Thank you. I mean, because there's a lot of people that that they'll they'll just give up and they just stay there and you have not done that so like I said at the beginning of this episode uh rosy resilient I mean it's got a nice sound to it but you are actually you're living it and yes. and, and you're 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 uh sharing it with others as well and that yes. is truly a superpower thank you I'll add that to the list Please do. Please do. So how is it that you are living your best life or as I like to say, living your best dash? Oh, I am living my best dash by traveling. Thank you, Jesus. The world mm -hmm. is open to travel. Mm -hmm. And I'm building, as I said, the coaching business. I'm writing another book to complement the first book. I'm serving a lot more. I'm being more present uh, with my family and friends. I am just being happy and being intentional about the happiness. Mm -hmm. I have like different spurts of like dancing, like, okay, we put some music on and start dancing and just be happy. Like just taking, taking the punches and be like, okay, this is a punch. I will give you another punch to counteract <laughs> and it's now a beautiful dance versus ah shucks I got punched and I fall off it's now like a I'm not Muhammad Ali now now I'm like okay let's, let's dance around it's okay uh, sing like a butterfly or sing like yes. a, a bee I mean, yes. float like I a butterfly yes I don't take the punches personal anymore mm -hmm. I take them as a purpose wow. and it's like okay this is it what what is it for me to learn and grow from because we're all growing mm -hmm. like that's why we're still here mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. staying stagnant that's when life you question it like what mm -hmm. am i what am i here mm -hmm. so it's important to see the punches as a purpose and to punch out things that should not be in your life Mm -hmm. and to grow and elevate so then you could become resilient. Wow. Um, so you, you, you mentioned about uh, the travel. Uh, where Where is it that you like to travel? And do you have any places specifically that you really enjoy? How long do I have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. Because, I, I mean, that's, that's I, a big part of my life is travel. <laughs> I love to travel. I've been to 47 countries oh. and I'm waiting to hit my 50, 50, 50. So my goal is 50, UA, 50 U.S. states, 50 countries by the age of 50. So I love that. Since, yes, 
since I'm almost at 50, I had to slow down the US, the countries uh-huh. and start doing the US states. <laughs> uh, so right now I have, where did I come from? Mexico. I went to Mexico, um, had a blast over there. I'm all into history. So I saw the, the ruins over there and that was amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh, if you haven't been to Tulum, visit. Yes. Isn't it incredible? It surprised me. I was like, oh, it's a- even though, even when I was there and I mean, it was raining harder than I've probably ever experienced oh. in my whole life. It did not matter. I, I, I mean, myself and my two friends I was with, we explored everything we could in the pouring rain. We looked like drowned rats afterwards, but it, there was a, there was a, uh, there was a power being mm-hmm. in that, that area uh, that's unspeakable there was just some there was a force there that I had not felt in a lot of places that I've ever been before it was I'm going back that's all I have to say yeah like Tulum Tulum you got me you got me yeah yeah very unexpected yeah and um I'm going to Colombia in December haven't Mm. been there in years and I've heard that they have revamped it Mm -hmm. so I'm like okay well I need to see what they have done to Colombia. So mm-hmm. excited about that for December. Good. Yeah. Well, it sounds like wonderful <laughs> stuff. And and I'm sure that you and I, uh, we, we could talk for a long time because I'd want to yeah. pick your brain on all these places. So, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, but, but moving right along, are there any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience today? Yes. One, as I mentioned earlier, it's October Please, women, get a mammogram. Even if you don't feel anything, still get a mammogram. If you have a sense of something is in your breast, find somebody who will listen to you to get the mammogram. Mm -hmm. Men, still get a mammogram. If you have family history of a mother or grandmother with breast cancer, because I've had that in a patient before. And also to remember life does not happen to you. It happens for you to just feel the emotions. God gave us emotions. It's okay to have them and express them, but express them in a journal. Do not express them outward to anybody or to yourself. Remember, this is only temporary. It is not permanent. I know it feels it's lasting forever, but it is not. This will pass. Just be gracious to yourself and love yourself throughout this whole thing because you will come out stronger than you ever thought. Wow. Rosie. Rosie. Those those are some powerful and motivating and inspiring words of wisdom. Uh that and and that right there, that that spirit and that enthusiasm hope and joy and motivation that you just shared with everybody is exactly what you exude uh, the two times now that we have been together and why I enjoy you so much. Uh, And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story and, and being vulnerable and being resilient and just going out and making not just the best out of your dash, but now wanting to help others and assist others to live their best dash also. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you for having me, Patty. 
uh, great. Happy connect. Thanksgiving, everybody. Exactly. I mean, what, what a way to connect with you. I just, I am so excited about that, that we've had this opportunity. And I know that now that people have listened uh, to our episode here, I know that there are several people that go, I, I have to connect with her. I have to, I have to talk with her. So how can people reach out to you so they can connect with you? Yes. I, my website road to resilient.com road to resilient.com. I'm also on YouTube under Rosie resilient. And you can also email me at hello at road to resilient.com. Thank you very much, everybody. Well, you could, I can tell you right now, Rosie, I'm going to be following you because you, you are a delight. You, you, you are a ray of sunshine and you just exude resilience and happiness and just, I could go on, but, but thank you so much for that. And for all of you listening out there, please know that if you go back to the description of this episode, that's where the links that Rosie just gave you, those links are going to be in the description. So that way you can just go right to it, click the link, and you'll be able to connect with Rosie directly and uh, be inspired. uh, Just, just being in her presence, even though this is virtual, Rosie, it's just like you're sitting right across the table from me. That's how I feel like this this wow. whole episode, this time with you has been. And I thank you once again so much for being you. And wow. and just, just I, God is working in you in so many wonderful ways. And it, it's just beaming from you. And uh, uh, God bless you for everything that you've and been through and everything that you continue to do. God bless you too. Thank you so much, Patty. I appreciate all those words. Thank you. Well, and then for all of you out there listening, remember to subscribe and follow the podcast. Invite your friends and family to do the same thing. And don't forget to please check out my website at www.pathwayswithpatty.org. Sign up for a Zoom chat with me if you want to talk with me, or maybe even you would like to be considered to be a guest on Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose with Patty. And when you sign up, also look for getting my free Pathway to a New Beginning Roadmap to help you rediscover your passion and purpose or reignite the passion that you've always had. So until we meet again, continue to live your best dash and know that life's an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you for joining us today and may God bless you all.